Today, we're talking with Thomas Castro, and Thomas is a licensed family therapist in California. We're going to be talking about some mindset issues on how we can help to improve our relationships and our lives in general, but also we're going to be discussing his online summit that he's putting on called Thriving Couples. It'll be taking place every Wednesday between August 2nd and August 30th of 2023. We'll give you the sign-up information. It's free. It'll have lots of great information that can help you to take your relationships and your lives to the next level. Hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. And I am just ridiculously excited today for two reasons. Number one, we're going to talk about how our relationships are affected by money and and how maybe we can fix some of those issues in our lives. And I think this is just so important. And we're also talking about an event, um, an upcoming online event that I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of. So today we have Thomas Castro and Thomas Castro is a licensed marriage family therapist and is a creator of, a Sh- of Shine Campus, an online gym to strengthen your mental and emotional resilience. And I love that. So, hey, Thomas, how are you? Hello, David. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Mental and emotional resilience. That's just a cool, cool. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. What does that mean? Yeah, you know what? I think a lot of people um, try to get rid of emotions and, um, you know, think like I'm a dude, right? I mean, guys shouldn't have emotions. We're supposed to be strong, right? Don't don't show them. Yeah, don't. Meanwhile, they're running through our body and doing all kinds of different things. And so uh, if we could talk about them in a different way and resilience seems like the most effective um, concept to have and and way of operating with our emotions is the most helpful, at least. Well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's talk, which I'm really excited about, uh, tell us a little bit about this this upcoming event that that you're putting on, and and I'm really excited to be a part of because I just I think this is just such an important topic. Right. Well, first of all, thank you for volunteering your time to to help out and and really um, bless people with with um, you know things about money that would help their relationship. Um, so what it is is a free virtual summit. Um, that we'll be having and we'll be live. So each presenter will present um, um, on a designated day. And so in August, every Wednesday um, at 3.30, uh, we'll have three presenters print uh, present each day plus a, a bonus conversation. So um, we're excited. We're going to be, the focus of it is to be able to help uh, couples with intimacy, finances, and communication, which happen to be um, tops on the, the relationship list as far as things um, going well or not going well. So if you've listened to any of my episodes, one of the things that I always talk about is like drift. Like you don't drift to a good marriage. You don't drift to to uh, having sound finances and, and even intimacy, like the movies say that you do, but you don't. So what you're putting on is going to give people actionable tips on like how to improve these hugely, hugely important areas of their lives, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we and we have some really um, cool speakers coming in from different um, professions to be able to help and, and create um, more than just one focus and give opportunities and options for everybody. 
Awesome. So if anybody's interested in this, you know, and we'll put it in the show notes, like where do they find out about it? How do they sign up? Do they need to sign up? And just give it those details. Right. So yeah, we'll, let's put something in the show notes. And then also if you go to the shinecampus.com, you click there and the registration is really easy there. It's a simple, simple registration. Just lets us know that you're coming. And then it also lets us um, send you a link so that you'll have access to, um, to uh, participating. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to talk today about the relationship mindsets of scarcity and lack and how that contributes to generational financial instability. Mm. So sometimes I think mindsets, this is just kind of frou-frou stuff, right? Like if I think rich, I'm going to get rich. And, and like, is that true? And, and talk to me a little about what you're talking about with, with, relate, with mindsets of scarcity and lack, because that, that fascinates me. Yeah. So what I know in relationships, whenever um, when a, a couple is looking at all the things that they don't have, whether it's a, one of the partners looking at what their, their other their spouse is not, you know, or what they haven't done or how they're doing something that's causing them a problem or how they won't be able to make this relationship work long term. All those ideas are scarcity and lack concepts. And they start to um, create a certain amount of anxiety in the body. And that anxiety contributes to our, our fight or flight mechanism, basically, which um, usually ends up in us fighting all the time or leaving the relationship. And so in, in a quick little nutshell of what happens, that's exactly the idea that scarcity and lack gets our focus there. Um, it starts creating that anxiety. And then, yeah, off we go as far as looking to prove that out. So why do, are some people just quote more positive or why do some people look at their, their, their partner, their spouse, who's obviously a human being. So they're imperfect, right? I mean, they have flaws, but why do some people say, you know what, I'm married to this beautiful woman. You know, she's not perfect, you know, but she's 98% perfect or 95 or whatever that number is. And why do some people say, you know what, my spouse did three things wrong today. And those three things really pissed me off. And they don't acknowledge the hundred things that they did right. Right. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. One is I think that people don't understand the difference between being positive and positive energy and being negative and negative energy. Um, And so if people understood the difference, they might be able to shift it. And that's a starting point. So positive energy just means that you look at what you are capable of handling in your resilience. And being positive tries to paint the world outside of us as a good thing. And that's not always possible, right? Because sometimes- the world's not always a good place, right? I mean, there are legitimate problems. There are hard things. And there are people who are going through hard things, people who have faced hurt and aren't done with dealing with that hurt or are, for whatever reason, not in a good spot. And so if I understand the difference between being positive and creating a positive vibration inside of me, um, it's a huge deal. And again, the, the difference is if, if I trust my own resilience- and I, I have faith in what I can do instead of doubting all the outcomes of the scenario, then it changes everything. So that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is that um, a lot of times we look at other people to get things done. And so there's a sentence that's scary and, and it's not helpful. It says, um, I need somebody to do something different for me to be okay. Right. Mm. And that sentence is a relationship killer. The sentence we have to replace it with is I need to do something different for me to be okay. And part of that is creating that, that vibration and, and growing knowledge and wisdom to be able to shift things over. But as long as we keep that sentence in there, 
then it's going to be hard all the time. And we actually have an opportunity and, and the mindset usually comes from how we were raised and what we've seen, but we have an opportunity to be able to switch things over in our life and in our relationship. Wow. So I want to get back to the positive energy and just the positivity. So let's say, you know, I just had a really bad day, not just a crappy day. Let's say, I mean, there, there are legitimate money problems in, in our lives. You know, let's say, you know, my family's bills are due and the money's just not there. So yeah, we need to do better financially, but for this month, you know, we're not sure how we're going to buy food. Let's say, um, you know, I had customers uh, complaints today, whether they were legitimate, whether it's my fault or not, I still got yelled at by customers and a hard day traffic, you know, maybe got calls from schools that our kids are not behaving well. So like you said, I mean, those are all legitimate problems. Like, how do I handle that with a positive energy? Because they are problems. Right. Yeah. And so they are problems and us being able to admit that and say that first is a huge deal to acknowledge that because that actually helps with um, being able to see our strength, right? So that's the first thing is we're not going to say, oh, everything's good. It's, it's actually important for us to say like, man, I had a list of challenges today. And then the challenge, second, I like the word challenge though, as opposed to problem, right? Right, right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, it's a huge deal. So we have to control what we can control. And so where, where does my mindset go? We talk about building positive energy. My mindset, if it goes to trying to focus on, because remember what we focus on creates how we feel, mm -hmm. right? So if my mindset goes to all the things I don't control, then my feelings will follow that powerlessness, um, sadness anxiety, worry, all those things happen. If I flip that over and find my own treasure, what, what I'm capable of doing, what I have left, then that's the only starting point for making a difference. What's done is done. Like if there was catastrophe today, there was definitely catastrophe. And me adding to that with the, my sense of not being good enough doesn't benefit the situation. So if I want a long-term change, then I would have to flip over my mindset, my energy, there's this saying, and maybe you, you've used something like this before, but some people would rather keep the facts and stay broke than do the thing that makes them actually have money and be prosperous or wealthy. And it's the same thing with emotions. Sometimes we want to keep all the facts about what's happening. Like all these things are hard. I, sh I should still be sad. I should be sad. Well, yeah, the sad feeling is cool. It's natural. But what you do about that is what we have an opportunity to do. And we really want to force prosperity in our emotions, too. Yeah, that's that's pretty profound. I mean, I know there have been times where I, I don't know, sometimes it's almost feels good to be mad at someone or just to not let it go. Right. I mean, I don't I don't know if you had Absolutely. any more. Ins, but sometimes just being pissed off, like what is it that we don't want to give up about it? Because like what you said, you know, everybody wants to be financially sound but not everybody wants to do the work that it takes. And it does take work. Yeah. And the same thing with relationships, everybody wants good relationships, but it does take work. So like, why don't we want to do that work? That's kind of a, a maybe a deep question. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a little bit deep, but I, it's whenever we're battling the outside things, when we're not focused on what our assignment is or our search and our idea that says like, what's the highest version of me and let me pursue that. Because what we didn't talk about is we talked about how that, that negative energy creates anxiety. What we didn't talk about is how our positive energy actually generates anticipation and ambition, which is equally important. Because if we do nothing, we're probably going to enter the negative energy side. But if we just if we're able to force this idea of, look, there's a higher version of me and let me pursue that, 
the opportunities for that actually grow. So a lot of times we stay in those moments because we're more focused on the moment instead of who, who we're becoming. Remember, we feel wherever we started with our focus. So if I focus on a certain thing, what other people are doing, how things are going wrong, what's wrong with my body, then it starts changing uh, that into that negative energy. But if I start focusing differently on who am I becoming, who am I serving, everything else changes. You know, and I always say that our mind is just so powerful, either positively or negatively. Absolutely. And so much of everything that we are or become is, it just has to do with what we think because what we think, you know, affects what we do and what we do affects our, our, our outcomes, right? I mean, right. if, if you go into a new job thinking, well, this is just another new job where they're going to screw you over and just not pay you what you're worth. Well, that's going to show in your, in your, in your behaviors. Or if you go into a new job saying, you know what, this just really seems like a great opportunity that I'm going to maximize and I'm going to do a great job. And, and when the time comes, I'll be able to ask for a raise because I can tell them, look, I took sales from here to here. And, and this is why I'd like to ask for some more money. And, and you could look at everything in a positive or negative way, I think. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the more you understand that everything begins with how you think, sometimes I'll ask people, hey, what comes first, feelings or thoughts? And about 50% of the people say feelings. Right. And 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 that's even after thinking about it for a moment. And so um, that's actually something that causes. So what's the difference between like feelings and thoughts? I know that might even be a crazy question, but like, I don't know that. Like when you asked that question, I was thinking, I don't know that I have the answer to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, your thoughts create your feelings, number one. So you, okay. your thoughts will be things that actually if we put underneath thoughts like perspective, if we put definitions under there, if we put um, meanings, if we put all those kinds of things like like mind things like that with definition, then it's going to help us to kind of separate it out. Feelings are the outcome of, and we have less control in the moment of a feeling, um, but they're the outcome of all those things that we've experienced, whether it's our definitions, our thoughts, or um, our pers- our perspective our experiences, whatever comes first, those feelings are a result of that scenario. So let's jump away from this really interesting podcast for just a moment. If you've ever wondered what it might be like to work with me personally as your financial advisor, I have a very simple process. So go to my website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. Click on the contact us button at the top, and that'll take you to my calendar. From there, you can schedule a quick and easy 30-minute phone call, Zoom call, or in-person appointment. And at that time, we'll discuss the 30,000-foot level aspects of your financial situation. We'll discuss some of your hopes, some of your dreams, and decide if there are any next steps. It really is that simple, and there is no cost for that appointment. I journal every morning. And, and I, you know, it's normally three or four paragraphs, just, you know, and I just write my thoughts down because I think it is important to acknowledge and be purposeful with your thoughts. But then two other things, and this is um, one I came up with myself and one is part partially what, what my business coach uh, suggests. Um, and I'm not sure if you're, you're familiar with uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy's future self concept, or he talks about the future 
future self. Basically, it's like, what, what is my future self? You know, what does my future self look like, do, weigh? What types of relationships does my future self have? And then you ask yourself, well, what does that person do every day or not do? So like if my future self weighs 30 pounds less, well, what does that guy eat? What does he not eat? What does he, you know, how does he exercise and so on and so forth? Then the other thing I do when I journal is I write down, you know, two to five things that I'm thankful for from the day before. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what your day was. You could, you know, there's always something to be thankful for. And when you acknowledge the good things, I think you can kind of get yourself, you know, going, going positively. Do you have any kind of daily tricks of the trade or anything that can help people to, to have more of that positive energy that serves them well? Because I don't think being angry or bitter or anything, it doesn't serve us. And, and, you know, half the time you might be mad at someone who doesn't even know that you're mad at them. Right. Yeah. So definitely eat and sleep. Those are basics that people don't even think about, you know, um, they kind of take them for granted, to be honest. Um, if you're, you're eating and sleeping like you're supposed to in an op, it'll optimize, um, how you're able to put your thoughts before you, before you experience something. I love what you're doing in the morning times. That's a huge deal. It's, it's a really big deal just to switch over our focus and get us to start looking at those things, especially if we're doing it as a habit, your mind starts knowing, Hey, I'm going to have to come up with three gratitudes in the morning. So I'm going to start looking. And sometimes those. it's hard, you know, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes you got to look for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so well, one thing I would add on is, is nighttime routines. So make yourself a challenge to shut down all of the um the news and and oh man i was gonna get to that yeah social media like because what that's doing to our mind is a sneaky sneaky um meltdown uh, of our mind and so it i would say put yourself on a a diet of of um media influence basically just take it out of your life and see how things start changing for you because that definitely makes a big shift um for us and, and gives us a different kind of look our focus will change completely. What about, um, so I, I'll never ask a guest who they voted for, where they lean politically, because you know you could be a nice person and vote for a different party and that's fine. Um, it, it, and, and maybe we do, maybe we don't, but you know there are different news channels that are pushing kind of opposite issues and both of their jobs are to kind of get you to hate or strongly dislike the other side which we've gotten away from just being able to say, hey, you know, we have a political disagreement. Now it's like you have to literally name call the other political party. So do you think just literally turning off the news is, is just really a good idea and just kind of live your life? Yeah, it's a big idea because it actually goes against our sentence. Remember the sentence says, um, I need somebody else to do different, something different for me to be okay. Yeah, the news yeah. feeds over and over again that you need somebody else to do something different for you to be okay. They feed that. And yep. so that's part of that training that we've probably had even since we were little. I do that with my one and a half year old right now. He has to do things different for me to be okay. Otherwise I'm I'm afraid. So it starts whenever we're young, but then we grow up. And if we're watching news all the time and being conditioned, like our mind is battling and 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 doing something different. So yeah, I think even even the things that seem like they're informing us are really training us. Right. Right. And what about social media? I know that I'll often see, you know, you have that, that they call it fake book for a reason, you know, that person with the perfect life and they're always on vacations and have all that they have nicer stuff than I do. And I can compare myself and say, this just takes away my joy. Right. I mean, there's someone who 
who who has less body fat, who appears to have more money, although you know who knows how much debt anybody has until you know. Do you think social media kind of robs us of of joy? Yeah, yeah, especially when we're escaping our life. Mm. I think that that's really important. When you're escaping your life with social media, it becomes hard. I would say use social media to make money, but don't allow social media to make money off of you. And and the more that you can do less scrolling on other people's things for the purpose of just scrolling mindlessly, um, then the more that you are going to be in the space that you want to be in. So don't don't be used by social media. In, in fact, but use it as a tool that it's really made for more than anything. There, there'll be times where there's five people in my family and, you know, you just you get into this. You, you see five people scrolling on their phones in the same room. And that's that's a waste of a life. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just you know, we have to do better just as individuals to, to not let it control us. Cause you know, there are, uh, what was that Netflix movie? They said there are acres of, com- of supercomputers that are designed to put the right stuff in front of you just to keep you scrolling, you know, and it's, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say too, for, especially because, you know, financially thinking about the people listening, like if you're not in the money space that you want to be in, you probably shouldn't be on social media. And, and the reason I say that so strongly is because I think that it's a hindrance to our focus um, and it takes away and it creates the results that we're actually in. And so it's a challenge, but I would say those two things go together. They go hand in hand. Right. Right. Um, right. And, and usually, again, it's an escape more than anything. It is. It is. And, you know, we all have maybe some issues and, and legitimate problems in our life that maybe we just need to deal with. You know, maybe have that uncomfortable conversation with your spouse. You know what? I mean, you made me mad. I wish you would do this for me, but I'm dealing with it proactively. But it's easier just to scroll on 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 social media and just avoid things. And and avoiding things just never makes them better. I don't think. Right. Right. Yeah. They actually grow. Um, in fact, the way for us to reduce hard emotions is to be able to experience them and express them. Right. It's whenever we. Um, push it down that it results in some of the hardest things like, um, you know, anxiety, depression, breakups, getting out of relationships, right? Like all those things, resentment, all those things are caused by us being not being able to express um, for different reasons. One, we don't know to express. We don't know the words to express or we're ashamed. There's different reasons that we don't do it. But the idea is that it causes a different and, and more challenging experience. Sure, sure. So in addition to this summit, do you work one-on-one with couples or, or both, both, both parties in the relationship, or do you normally work with one separately or how does that work? Yeah. Up until recently, I was working um, with couples and the way the, the strategy was we do break off individually, um, especially if we're not in a place in one room together, meaning like we're all saying, hey, we're going to work this thing out and we're going to move forward, which is not always the case when people come in, of course. So then we go individually to really implement the mindsets that are needed to be back together. Right. Um, and that's not a common way of doing therapy, by the way. Matter of fact, a lot of therapists would would um, advise against that, but it's highly effective. Um, I've actually moved uh, or I will start doing um, in this coming month group couples group therapy. Um, and so me and my wife, my wife is actually a marriage and family therapist as well. We will, we'll run a group of, um, of couples working to get to a different place. 
So those are some of the highlights of my conversation with Thomas Castro. As you can see, the dude knows what he's talking about, and I hope that you learned as much as I did. And I also hope that you'll sign up for his Thriving Couples Summit Series. Uh, It goes from August 2nd, every Wednesday to August 30th. And all you have to do to sign up is go to www.theshinecampus.com. That's the shinecampus.com. The summit is free. It'll be awesome. You can learn a lot and you can take your relationships to the next level. So until next episode, we wish everybody a blessed week. Thank you.